Chapter 5 of The Little Colonel at Boarding School. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Little Colonel at Boarding School by Annie Fellows Johnston. Chapter 5 At the Beaches how good it feels to be free exclaimed the little colonel as she pushed open the high green picket gate in front of the seminary and held it ajar for ida to pass through this is the first time that i have been out on the road without a teacher and a flock of girls for a whole month i despise the way we have to line up two by two and go marching through the valley as if we were part of a circus parade or inmates of an asylum out for an airing ida laughed as they started down the path along the road leading to the beaches it was one of those perfect days in mid-october when it is easy to laugh when all outdoors seems filled to the brim with a great content and even the woods and fields all autumn-clad are keeping holiday besides it was saturday afternoon and they were on their way to their first club meeting this was their first appearance together since the night of their stolen visit to the apple orchard a week ago it had cost lloyd many a pang to give up her intimacy with ida but she had never shown such unselfishness as she did in this devotion to her friend since Ida's interests demanded that she should go off with the other girls, no matter how much she longed to stay, she went obediently. Although Ida no longer wore her violets, she kept her room sweet with fresh bunches of them. Although her name was constantly in her thoughts, she rarely mentioned it even to Betty. A few whispered words in the hall, an adoring glance toward her now and then, at the table was all she could snatch in the daytime she even allowed the school to surmise what it pleased that ida had quarrelled with her or had grown tired of her for her love was of the kind that endureth all things but every night she lay awake living over that scene in the moonlit orchard happy in the consciousness that she was making ida happy and dreaming of the romance that she was helping on its way. Betty had hurried on up the road to call by for Katie Mallard, with the agreement that the couple which reached the post office first should wait there for the other. "'Let's cut through Clovercroft,' suggested Lloyd. "'Mrs. Marks won't care, and it's much shorter that way. The path below her icy house will bring us out at her woodland gate just across the road from the depot anything to get through the post office first agreed ida i'm sure that there'll be a letter in your box for me today. i can just feel that there's one there from the depot it was but a few steps to the post office one had only to cross the road pass the country store and stroll a short distance along the shady avenue there it sat by the wayside a little box of a room that always made lloyd think of a dove cot 
for the first time she had been taken there her grandfather had explained that all the little square places where miss mattie was putting the letters were pigeonholes presently when miss mattie opened the window and handed him a letter from one of those places she cried out with a little squeal of delight which made everyone smile a white pigeon wing flied out for you grandfather afterward it grew to be a byword that they always used between themselves when one carried home a letter for the other pigeon wing for grandpapa's baby he would call fondly even when she had grown to be a tall girl and white pigeon wing flied out for you grandfather dear was the cry if she were the bearer of the missive from the post office door looking across the road to a grassy ridge beyond one could see the big inn that the year before had been turned into a home for old confederate soldiers farther on was the wide green slope of the churchyard and the little stone church with its ivy-covered belfry the man stood just behind it next to that was the cottage with the high green gables and diamond-shaped window-panes where the waltons had lived one summer while their new house was being built and next to the cottage was the new house itself set away back in the great grove of trees which gave to the place the name of the beeches Ida stood outside the door while lloyd went in for the mail she was afraid that miss mattie might suspect that she had an interest in the letters if she went in too so she busied herself in looking for four-leaf clovers along the path she could not have seen one however had they been growing on every grass blade she was in such a nervous flutter of expectancy when lloyd came out with two letters in her hand her face flushed crimson at sight of the familiar handwriting on one envelope this is mine she exclaimed in a low tone snatching it eagerly let's sit down here on the step while i read it i'm mighty glad it wasn't the only one said lloyd glancing back over her shoulder to see if miss mattie still stood at the delivery window peeping through the glass which covered the partition wall of the pigeonholes lloyd saw that she had gone back to her desk by the rear window so she continued in a low tone suppose that had been the only letter and betty had asked me if i got one you would have said no of course said ida looking up from the page impatient at the interruption this is not for you but it is addressed to me persisted lloyd suppose miss mattie heard me say no to such a question or that betty saw me take it out of the box again ida looked up impatiently but seeing the distressed expression of lloyd's face said soothingly i know what you are thinking princess it has just occurred to you that your helping me to carry on this correspondence under cover of your name seems a little bit underhanded but if you could just read this letter you'd never be troubled by such a thought again it makes me feel that i'm carrying out the motto of our club in the very highest way possible our shadow selves our influence may fall where we can never be she quoted softly 
looking dreamily away toward the ivy-grown belfry i cannot be with edvardo but at least half of this letter is taken up with telling me how much my letters have helped and influenced him that the thought of me off here true to him in spite of all that has been done to separate us is keeping him straight as nothing else could do somehow it seems a good omen for the club that i should get such a letter on my way to the first meeting Ida's manner was convincing and lloyd's face brightened as she listened but she breathed more freely when she saw the envelope bearing her name torn into little bits too small to tell tales and dropped down the crack behind the doorstep betty and katie joined them presently and two by two they rustled along through the fallen leaves which filled the path to the beeches long before three o'clock the six members of the shadow club were assembled around the big table in the dining-room with their material spread out for mrs walton's inspection piles of brightly coloured tissue paper embroidery silks zephyr and ribbon made a gay showing mrs walton entered into their plans for the fair enthusiastically as she helped wind a skein of iceland wool for katie's crotcheting the beauty of this club remarked kitty as she opened her paint-box and carefully selected a brush is that there's no fuss and feathers about it no election of officers no dues no rules no tiresome minutes to read all we have to do when we begin is to begin and to remember our motto suggested betty to whom the purpose of the club appealed strongly ida has made something to help us do that said lloyd give them to us now ida while mrs walton is here to see them please she urged ida who had delayed showing them for that very reason glanced shyly toward her hostess and then hesitatingly opened the case which held her pyrography outfit it's only some little blotting pads for your writing desks she said with a blush it seems to me that the verse is especially appropriate at letter writing time when we consciously cast our shadow selves where we cannot be there was a chorus of delighted exclamations as she passed the packages around only two narrow slips of white blotting paper held together by a white silken cord but the cover was of soft gray kid on which she had burned with her pyrography needle the club's motto in old english letters mrs walton leaned over the table to read the one on allison's this learnt i from the shadow of a tree that to and fro did sway upon a wall our shadow selves our influence may fall where we can never be it is beautifully done my dear she exclaimed smiling down into the shy violet eyes raised gratefully to hers in acknowledgment of her lavish praise the club is certainly to be congratulated on having a member who can not only make such pretty things but who can think of such sweet suggestive ways in which to keep its purpose always in view lloyd's hand drooping along under the table found ida's and gave it a squeeze of sympathetic delight there is something to write to your aunt she whispered 
while the girls were still admiring their blotters the maid came in to announce a visitor for mrs walton in the library several minutes after she had left them to themselves kitty exclaimed oh mamma forgot to give me those little brass clumps to fasten the candle shades and now she has company and i haven't the faintest idea where to look for them they may be in the hat-rack drawer in the hall suggested allison i think i saw them in there this morning but i'm not sure kitty skipped out of the room to look for them and a few minutes later came back her black eyes shining teasingly i have a trade at last for you ida she said mrs mallard is in the library discussing our club and i heard mother say something awfully nice about you tell it demanded lloyd no i said a trade last oh fishing for a compliment sang katie don't tell her ida even if you have heard one it will make her vain besides put in allison miss bina mccannister said it was common and silly to play trade last oh bother old miss bina said the disrespectful kitty well i'll tell you anyhow i heard mother tell mrs mallard that she thought you were a charming girl one of the sweetest that she had met in a long time she said she was glad we had chosen you in the club instead of a younger girl for she thought you would have a quieting refining influence on us especially me think of that now me and she said on that account she would like to have you here often again lloyd's hand met ida's under the table in a quick squeeze something else to write to your aunt she whispered several pretty candle shades two doll tam o shanter caps and three calendars in watercolors were laid aside finished as the result of that afternoon's work besides lloyd and betty had each made considerable progress on the centerpieces they had undertaken to embroider and the magazine cover ida was burning in an elaborate design of dragons was half done allison packed the finished articles away in a hat-box after supper and put them up on a shelf in her closet our first meeting has surely been a success she exclaimed at this rate we'll have enough things made by easter to hold a splendid big fair we ought to be able to cast our shadows quite a distance with the money we'll make if we do this well every time come cast your shadows on this sheet girls called mrs walton from the next room where she had pinned some strips of white paper to sheet hung on the wall and placed a lamp at the proper distance for making silhouettes the name of your club suggested an old amusement of ours come see how clever you are at drawing each other's shadows it proved to be an amusing undertaking for whenever they laughed during the process it changed their profiles into all sorts of ridiculous outlines but finally some very creditable silhouettes were made and each member of the club carried home her own shadow as a souvenir of the first meeting katie's father called for her at half-past eight and escorted the seminary girls as far as the high green gate 
what a perfectly lovely time we've had exclaimed betty as she and lloyd and ida strolled slowly on toward the house when they had bidden katie and mr mallard good-night and what a delicious supper we had sighed lloyd oh if we could only have shaded candles and pretty silver and flowers at boarding school i'm so tired of that long bare table everything tasted so good to-night those dear little beaten biscuit made me homesick i haven't had any since i left locust the club is certainly an inspiration to do something and be something worth while said betty what mrs walton said at supper and afterward when she was showing us the general's sword made me feel that way somehow to-night the world seems so much lovelier to be in than ever it did before so full of opportunities when one little person can cast such a tremendously long shadow she looked back at her stretching down the path behind her in the light from the hall lamp till it seemed the length of a giant they passed on into the house and up the stairs together as betty went ahead to light the lamp in their room ida caught lloyd impetuously around the waist and gave her a grateful hug oh princess she exclaimed i've had such a happy day and i owe it all to you if it hadn't been for you i'd have had neither the visit to the beaches nor edwardo's letter you're such a comfort End of chapter five read by Lars Rolander